More leads, more business, right? Ideally, yes, but if you're not nurturing the leads you have, you're wasting your time trying to bring more in. In this episode, we talk with Chris Dubois, CEO of Lean Labs, to discuss how to master lead nurturing in the world of B2B. Are you a startup founder or CMO trying to grow your brand? There's good news. You're not the first. Our growth team is committed to learning and earning the skills and strategies high growth companies have used to build their businesses. And now we're sharing them with you. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. I'm your host today, Mallory Kuhn, growth marketer at Lean Labs. And today I'm talking to Chris Dubois, CEO of Lean Labs, about lead nurturing, email lead nurturing in B2B. So hi, Chris. How are you? Great. How are you? Excellent. I'm excited to chat about yeah. uh, about some lead nurturing and, and some marketing stuff today. So yeah. um, let's let's start simple um, for you know maybe newer listeners to the show. Can you start by giving us just an overview of your experience in B2B marketing, lead nurturing, all of that? Yeah. So all of my experience in B2B marketing has been with tech and SaaS companies here at Lean Labs doing growth marketing services where um, you know we take the approach of good marketing, um, not just kind of the traditional marketing of looking at awareness and then um, acquisition, right? Get more people to say, get more people to convert. It's like, okay, that's not really where it stops. Like we got to get more people talking to sales. And that's why I'm kind of excited to talk to B2B lead nurturing. So now we get to take all these people who've already converted on something on our site and we can move them into actually wanting to talk to sales um, just because they've already given us their ear. And so that's going to, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And we've been able to get some great results for a lot of our clients uh, through doing it. And we've got to uh, really like work with a lot of our clients because like a lot of them have stories and things to share. And so we're able to capture those and put them into emails and like, you know, help help drive drive more growth just with the th- stories they're already using. And so, uh, yeah, excited to get into it. Yeah, that's awesome. So packaging, you know, the, the existing stories into a way that will help a potentially a future customer see themselves in the story. Um, So let's talk uh, lead nurturing kind of broadly. What is lead nurturing? Why is it important? Um, Why do you need a strategy in place for it? Just kind of for anyone that's like, I don't know how I feel about putting resources into this effort. Mm -hmm. You know, what's your, what's your take there? All right. Loaded question, but we'll start. Um, How are we defining this? Right. So it, Lead nurturing is really like the process of building a relationship with these people who have already given you some trust and you're trying to help them make a great decision to become a potential customer. Um, and so you're really creating all of these, you know, these emails, these other assets and stuff to help guide them through the buyer's journey and it really to insert them into the buyer's journey where they should be. A lot of times someone will fill out an offer on a website and then they won't do anything. Like they, they'll start getting emails right. and stuff, but like they might not have come back to the website and done anything else. But now by, you know, they have some interest in something. And so by sending them an email directed around that interest, they're going to say, oh, maybe I should actually go back to the site and, and start investigating further. And so that's why you need a strategy around this, right? You need to know where am I going to insert them back in the buyer's journey? What are they actually interested in and how can I leverage that? To help them see like our way of doing things and see that as a, a great thing for them. Right. Uh, like what so messaging can... is going to compel them to even look? Because how many times do you get, mm-hmm. you know, put into a, a, yeah. an email nurture sequence and you just 
keep deleting emails until you finally unsubscribe, right? So yeah, exactly. Um, and the whole point of any marketing asset, right, is either to build trust or inspire action. And with any like lead nurturing, uh, especially like an email, like we can do both of those things in that single asset, which means like it it can be super powerful. Um, like especially if done correctly. And I think we'll we'll get into a lot of that within the uh, this podcast, I am sure. Uh, so I won't I won't dive too deep right away. Oh yeah, we're gonna get into the nitty gritty of it. Uh, we're gonna start right now. <laughs> so um, what uh, what steps do you need to take if you're looking to prepare a lead nurturing campaign? You're just getting started. Um, you know, mm-hmm. is there kind of a step by step process, or at least what's first? Yeah. So the good news is that a lot of the steps you would do for just a lead nurturing campaign, you should have already done just by having a good marketing strategy. And so uh, really like step one, right? You need to know your audience. You need to define who the target audience is, right? What's the market? What are their pains? What are, what are the things they're trying to gain? What are the the headwinds and tailwinds that I have to work against in their thinking uh, to help us drive whatever actions we want them taking? Uh, step one, but that's like, basic marketing so you should already have that done if uh if you're if you haven't done that go back and like look at other things you're you're doing something wrong back to square Um, one yeah then looking at your current buyer's journey so if you're doing your marketing right right you have a strong website you understand what actions need to be taken for this individual to help them make a great decision for themselves you should already have a good buyer's journey right you should already have the pages on the site that kind of walk them through everything they need you're making them problem aware they're understanding how you see the problem, how they should be looking at the problem, then you're giving them a paradigm shift, right? You're you're helping them see this new way of thinking about everything and helping them, you're helping to educate them on other options. And then finally, you're showing them, hey, this is how we do it. And this is how we've gotten results. So if you're interested in this, then last step is go talk to our sales team or, you know, like get this offer. Um, and then you have all these other pieces, right? You're, you get your blog posts, you got webinars, you got like your emails that you're kicking out everything is tying and pushing them back into this buyer's journey where they need to be. And so understanding and actually having this mapped out is like step number two. Like you need to know um, all of the ins and outs of of the entire buyer's journey so that you can get people to where they need to be at the right time. So they're hearing the right message Um, from there. So now, now getting a little more specific, right? Those things are like, you just need those for good marketing. But now as you're starting to get into like more lead nurturing, segmentation strategies like you need to know if someone converts on x then we need to send them content around x like they're they might not be interested in y and so if you start right. sending them a lot of stuff about why we've lost them um they have no reason to open that email or you know take action on whatever whatever offer right. we're kicking them. well and they may go oh this company isn't what i thought they were right i thought they right. did x yeah and I don't need why. Right. <laughs> no, it's exactly. And we like we even with uh with like blog content, we kind of do the same, right? If you're as we're publishing throughout a month, if every single post is in one topic cluster and stuff, then people are going to think, "Oh, this is all they publish about." So if they joined our email list, right, which is technically or like a our blog uh, like newsletter just for updates, right? That's technically lead nurturing that we're doing. We're giving them more of what we're offering every uh every week when we publish. But if they're only seeing one topic throughout the entire time right. and it wasn't the topic they were interested in, even though we actually do provide everything for everything else, now they're they're not seeing it. And so we kind of like mix it up, like make sure you're still providing like the high value content up front and like doing things a certain way. Um, 
but you don't want to just like overload them with one type of content when that might not be what they're interested in. So, uh, but through segmentation, if I know they're only interested in this, maybe I don't fire anything else. I don't send them any of the other content that might be unrelated because I don't want to overwhelm them with content. I just want to give them stuff that's hyper specific. And so you do that with your segmentation. You can also do lead scoring where, and I would recommend this for any B2B strategy, right? Where you have certain parameters that if an individual meets this criteria, we are going to treat them differently. Uh, They might be a higher value. They might be more focused on a certain industry, right? We might've said, hey, they have more sales intent because they have taken these actions or they have this um, criteria. And so we're going to actually look at what we're sending. We're going to change that and send them stuff that's more specific to what they need. Um, And that could even be as simple as like, hey, they actually open our emails, right? They've opened every single email they get. So let's send them something like just different, right? That says like, hey, thank you for opening these emails. Like we can, we know you you love opening these. Maybe it's that they're opening them, they're not taking action. And so we right. have like their score actually says, like can show us this and we can segment them appropriately to kind of learn more about them so that we can send them something that's more specific. Um, and then finally, I'd say the last piece is like under knowing what platform you're using to do all of your nurturing. Um, we use HubSpot for all of our clients. And so it's it's great because someone can convert on something and I can automatically put them on a list that I've built out based off whatever criteria, which enrolls them in a workflow, which then I can build reports off of all of this. And like, I can see everything, right? So not just seeing data from a, who opened this email, you know, who clicked through it, uh, but like how many have they opened, right? How engaged are they and things like that. And I can actually see my list growth over time um, not just my overall list, but like specific, how, how, how much has my like super engaged contact list grown so that I know like, okay, I'm doing the right things. Right. But if that list doesn't grow ever, then it's like, yeah, people are subscribing, but then they're not finding value. And so I can pinpoint right. where some of the issues are. Um, but I would look at, yeah, make sure you got a platform that works for you. You can build the reports that you need, um, and then go from there. Well, and even building in automation because I felt, you know, uh, it could be a common challenge of, gosh, you know, I don't – I have a small team, right? We don't have time to be Mm -hmm. firing all these emails all the time and, you know, coming up with all these these nurturing campaigns. Um, Well, and just on that. What's what's working? (laughs) Looking at just on that. So, like, I've said it before on on the podcast, like, the – goal of automation shouldn't be just to increase efficiency. It should be to increase accuracy. And I think almost every marketer has talked to someone who has fired an email that was sent to the wrong list or had the wrong headline or like, actually I heard one story of a, someone sent a blank email to their entire list. So there's just nothing in there, but it kept the footer as the unsubscribe button. And so they had a mass unsubscribe because they accidentally sent the, like the wrong email oh, that just had geez. no, no. Yeah. And so, um, great, great, le- like leadership lesson within that because of how they actually handle it internally. But, um, but it's the idea. Everyone has heard a story. Someone now everyone here has just heard that story, but, um, but you yeah. like, you yeah, right. right? Now we've anxiety. all heard the story. Yeah. Um, and so, so being able to automate and make sure you have a good automation platform means you can verify all of these things and like have your checklist, not just like for an individual to go send an email 
um, or like to quickly send that email, but to make sure you're doing all of the things, right? You can stop things from firing if it misses whatever criteria. And so, right. and you can do that. You like even in HubSpot, right? You can build a workflow that says, if this person does not meet these things, then this email isn't going to actually go out to them. Um, and so that can be, they can be a pretty valuable tool through the automation platform. Yeah, for sure. So we've talked about like, you know, kind of the technical things and some of the, you know, segmentation, those kinds of uh, very key parts of the process. Um, but let's talk about the actual content of like a lead nurturing email sequence. Um, can you kind of walk me through like the process of creating one or, you know, what kinds of uh, elements should be included in uh, a sequence yeah. like this? So there's a lot of different types of sequences we can you can have, right? Um, so you can have a, a welcome sequence, indoctrination sequence, like the, people get picky on the names. Um, indoctrination sequence, though, like, hey, we're trying to pull you into our world and help you see things the way we see them. And so a lot of the content right. we're serving up is going to help you see that, and it's going to do that. Um, you could You can have all of these other types of sequences, but really what you need to do is say, what is the goal of this overall sequence, right? Like what for an indoctrination sequence, what am I actually trying to get them to do at the end of this? Right. If it is like, and it's not as simple as just saying, well, I just want them to, to be comfortable and understand our brand. Okay. How do you know that that's actually happening? Right. What metric can we use to actually say they get it? Um, and that's going to be different for every brand, depending on how you're actually engaging, what your buyer's journey looks like, things like that. But having that clear metric for the overall um, sequence that you're firing, then look at individual emails, right? We know what our target is. How do we actually get there? How many emails do we actually need, right? When What is our send uh, frequency going to be? And you map all of that out because and like the send frequency can be all right. Some Some companies can get away with sending an email every day and it annoys no one. Other companies... Right. You send one a week and people are feeling overwhelmed because it's just that topic hey. isn't a big deal. So you got to play that one by year two. And you got to test all of this. Everything I'm, I say here is like, don't take it as like, oh, that's the rule. It's like, no, you got to go figure it out for your brand, your industry, right? Your market, like right. everything is so different for each. Um, but so uh, what was my train of thought? I'm going to hop back on the tracks here. Um, so. Then you look at, all right, so we know how many emails that we want to send <clears throat> right now. Every single email we're firing needs a goal and a metric that we're looking at. <clears throat> and so with each of those, we need a clear CTA, right? One, a single CTA so that we know, was this successful? Um, the second you start adding multiple CTAs within an email, we don't actually know which one's successful or if we just confuse people. We, you know. We drove them to inaction because we gave them too many options. They were confused. Right. Um, so you put one one item on there and we just use that as our metric. So every email can be different, but we need to know like what is that one thing we're looking at to know if this was successful. And honestly, your first email, success of that first email could be just opening the email and confirming right. receipt. Although most email newsletters and stuff have a super high first email open rate and, and engagement rate. Um, so maybe it's that second email you use, but either way you have a goal, um, and then you work it that way. Then when you're getting into the content, you want it as specific and personalized as possible. The more the person can feel like you're talking to them, like a one-to-one, -one, like, Hey, we're bros. I'm going to send you this personalized email, right? Um, the closer we can get to that, the better 
receive that's going to be. And so knowing what did they convert on? What do they actually want to hear about? What, what words are they using? And this is all like just copywriting and the messaging that you use on the site. But like, we want to echo stuff back to them the way they would say it. Um, You don't want to be very like challenging in the email. Like you want to be able to, if you can lean on a tailwind, right? Take the way they're already thinking and use that momentum to push them into your buyer's journey. It's going to be better than trying to attack a headwind and change their way of thinking within an email, right? No one's opening an email being like, I hope someone challenges me today. Uh, Oh, there's probably some weirdo, right? Um, But so like- it's not the norm, yeah. (laughs) Right. And I mean, that's the same tactic you want to look at if you're doing like anything on social media. Uh, Although everybody argues on social media, but if you're doing like an ad or something, right? You don't want to create an ad that, challenges someone because they're not going to click on it. But if you can say, hey, you and I, we think alike right now. We have some unity. Their odds of them clicking on it are going to go up. And so you want to do that same kind of approach with with your emails if you can. Um, obviously, there's a bunch of other details like separate from that, right? You want to look at your um, the subject line has to be has to be clear, yes. concise. They have to know what they're actually going to get it has to be exciting through that. Um, the with that subject, probably the most important thing that is often overlooked as a um, a way to increase your open rates is the sender, right? Yes. If your mom sends you an email, you're probably going to open it because you're like, oh, mom, what do you need? <laughs> like, you never email me. Um, <laughs> and so you're going to check those all the time because it's someone you know. Uh, and so you want to be able to leverage the actual sender, right? Sending it from marketing. And it just says marketing at company. I don't want to be marketed to. I want to be talking to Right. A I was going to say your initial reaction is, oh, they're selling me something. Right. I'm out. Right. And so, so being able to first know who, who is this coming from that helps us best achieve our goals. And like an email from the CEO is sometimes great. Sometimes an email from the CMO could be great. It depends on what you're actually trying to do. Right. And it could be someone from the success team. It could be like, you can right. pinpoint this, but like, um, something that we'll do with like email sends is often if like the person is not well known, we will say first name at company so that it feels more humanized, right? By having a first name and then we're, they're still knowing where this person is coming from. And so they can, it, it makes it feel more personal. Um, and then open rate or to help with continue with like the open rate stuff, but looking yeah. at your, your subject lines of, testing those out. You can segment your audience based off like you already know what they converted on before, you know what they're interested in. And so create different subject lines and kick them out, kick the same email out with just different subject lines to different, uh, different segments to see what happens. Right. Cause yeah, the copy inside the yeah. email can be fantastic, but if the subject line isn't, it's not going right. to matter because no one will ever see it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh, and then test everything. I'm just going to keep right. caveating that test. Iterate, optimize. Um, so we talked a little bit about open rates just now, which is obviously you know kind of a, a hallmark metric when you're talking about emails. Um, what other kinds of metrics? Like how else can you measure the success of um, lead nurturing email campaigns or lead nurturing campaigns in general? Yeah. So your campaign, like big certain big picture, your campaign needs a goal, right? How many... Uh, what is that desired action that we want someone to take? Is it converting on a specific offer on this page 
you know, by email number 10, um, we can track that. And that's like a big, you know, higher level kind of goal. When you get into like the specific emails, um, now we're looking at, you know, the open rate, the, the click through rate, um, you could do specific actions on a page, right? Um, so we, we don't just want to see how many people are clicking into this email to get to our website. We want to see how many people are actually converting on that next offer. So right. now we know like, cause you can find one, you you might have issues with congruency. You might have issues with just like the yeah. offer not actually being valuable right. and they just want to learn a little more on what's promised. Yeah. Cause that's what I was going to say. If you have a great open rate and you have a great click through rate, but your conversion rate is terrible, it could be a right. sign that you're accidentally clickbaiting people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, by pr- promising something you're not delivering on in the email. Right. And, and it, so that one's a little loose too. Like if we're just nurturing, right, we're not trying to sell on every, email. Right. we're trying to build that relationship. And so when you send people into offers, cause you already have them, like, honestly, if you can make things ungated, like yeah. for someone who's already converted, like send them right to the offer. Cause it doesn't matter. Um, and if you're using a system like HubSpot, I can still see when someone has visited that page and they've digested stuff on that page. So, uh, so that can be super helpful, like context when we hand off to sales and things like that. Uh, right. The only reason you would want to not ungate it, or so you continue to gate it, um, would be if there's if that form has additional information that you want to collect. Right. So, like part of nurturing is that. We're helping them with their relationship, but we also want to learn more about them every time we can. Right. And so, and we do learn more by seeing what are they opening? What are they engaging with? Um, but if we also get more actual information, like what's your annual revenue? What's your team size? Yes. What's your, you know, things like that. Um, the more of that information we can get, the easier it is for us to segment and get them more of what they want as well. Right. Um, so. Uh, yeah. So those are kind of the metrics you want to be able to report on it too. Like I found. Some people just rely on like the built-in reports that show you open rate, click-through rate, and you they just base all their decisions off that. But you can get, if you're using the right tools, you can get super granular on what data you're actually looking at and what, how to, how to view, like you can set a dashboard up, right? So that you can actually see how this email sequence is working, like in real time and stuff. And like what, because, how do I phrase it? A sequence doesn't just have to go out once right? It can be triggered off an action. And so I might have this indoctrination series that is just continuously firing. Like every day, someone new joins our list and it starts firing and we keep running the sequence. And so I can keep looking at just following, you know, trends and stuff with what's going on. And that can give you some great insights into how the market might be shifting, what's really popular at the time, different things like that. That's all great information. I love that. It's kind of more of a holistic view, right? Um, Which kind of leads me right into what I want to talk about next. Um, You know, marketing is kind of all knit together when it's done well, right? Mm -hmm. So lead nurturing is not just like a separate piece of the puzzle. You can just like pull out on its own. Um, You know, it's going to be entwined with your other marketing efforts. What's your advice for kind of knitting together lead nurturing with your strategies like webinars, blog content, anything else that you might have going on? Yeah. So first, strategically, I would make sure to balance what your 
you're trying to do. You want enough emails to keep them engaged and excited and like hearing from you so that you are constantly top of mind. Um, but not so many that they're just annoyed and they start ignoring you because you're just blending in with right. the junk, right? So to do that, uh, one, figure out what that frequency looks like for you. Uh, but then make sure everything is hyper specific. And I've said this already, so I'm not going to get like too deep. But like if you're running a webinar on like, you, hey, this month we're going to do a webinar on X, send that out as another like you know nurturing sequence. Hey, we want to invite you guys to this email because it's all on about stuff we know you're interested in um, right? and just show them that you're giving them the value. One of the, so Seth Godin uh, got very famous early. I mean, he did a bunch of things, but like permission marketing, right? was this big new concept as everybody was starting to use email. And it was the idea that we want people to tell us it's okay to market to them. We're not just going to go spam everybody. Um, Permission marketing is more than just getting their email once and starting blasting out. You almost need to acquire permission for everything you're doing. And so, because you don't just want to harass people and push things because it helps your business. You want to actually help them. And so getting permission for the various types of sequences can be helpful, right? If they converted on, say, an offer about built like how to budget for building a website, right? I can keep sending them website content. Every time something pops up, uh, maybe we create a new blog post. Maybe we have a new offer. Maybe we just have good information we want to share with them via email. I can keep sending those to them. What I shouldn't do is just automatically subscribe them to our blog newsletter. So every time we have a blog post, they're getting that. But what I can do is say, hey, we see you're interested in this topic. We got a lot of great content going to our blog. We also talk about all of these other topics that are related and you might find some value in some of these. So if you're interested, subscribe to our blog email newsletter. Right now we're still giving it back to them to decide if they want to and we're getting their permission to be in their inbox more. And the more times we can get them to say yes, the more momentum we're actually getting with them, right? So that they actually look right. building trust, building this relationship with our brand and, and them. And so, um, so yeah, and then, they're going to pay more attention when they see you in their inbox because they've signed up for multiple things from you. It's not just like, right. I, I have emails right now in my inbox that I haven't even, I bought like a course, like a $20 course or something. Cause I just wanted to like figure out what are they doing with AI right now and, and stuff. And then it just sits there and they're sending me a bunch of marketing emails and they're just sitting there. Well, I mean, they're not saying I clean out my inbox, but I'm not, <laughs> like, I don't want them. Like I didn't sign up for that. And so, um, something else this plays into is like the concept of time on brand. It's really hard to actually quantify this, but that's kind of the world we're moving into, right? There's so many other channels for marketing right now that you don't know how many times someone's engaging with you, how long they're engaging with you. And so you want to kind of figure out what, how much time do, do I think someone actually needs to spend with my brand before they're going to take an action? And so how much YouTube content, how many podcast episodes, how much, like, what is the actual time, right? So now I might learn a, that 20 second reel I'm creating. I might need a hundred of those before someone actually takes action with me, but maybe that long form, like one and a half hour podcast episode, people are listening to that and being like, yes, like, um, and it might not necessarily be just the length of it, 
right? But it's how much time they're actually spending with us and getting familiar right. with us and hearing hearing our voices and like our message that we're pushing out and like our ideas and seeing what value they can get. And so time on brand is super important and it's kind of hard to track that metric, but the more time, so like when we go back to this email, right? If I'm sending them one email series because um, they signed up for something, but I can get them to sign up for other ones, I'm increasing the number of times that they're spending time with our brand, even if it's in their inbox. And so it's helping them. Uh, we're getting in front of them a lot more often. So they're becoming more familiar with us, period. And just spending more time engaging with us. So we're becoming like a closer friend, air quotes for anyone not <laughs> watching. Um, and so we can kind of build that relationship better. Um, and then uh, what else would I other advice here? Uh, the one goal for every email too. like, I just, you can't yeah. harp on that enough. Like um, it's, it's probably a mistake that a lot of people make by just having different goals. And there is the play too, where you can have no CTA in a post. The only thing you're trying to do is pass them information and you are asking for literally nothing. Now the challenge, you don't actually get metrics from it, right? Right. I don't know if someone actually reads it and, and wants to take whatever the next step is because I didn't give them a next step. So like right. in that sense, less valuable. But like if I just got an email and it only had information, it was providing me value with no ask, I'm going to feel a little bit better about this brand because they're giving and they're not taking. Um, right. When yeah. you might be more likely to open the next email, right? Because right. this one. Yeah, because I'm feeling good about everything. proven that they care, right, about what you need, not yeah. just what they need. So that kind of brings me to, and I'll, I'll kind of wrap up, I think, with this um, question, because mm-hmm. um, I think we've gotten some really good information about lead nurturing and what to do. Um, but I'm curious about the what not to do. I think it's helpful to see yeah. both sides. Um, so, you know, you mentioned having multiple CTAs uh, is kind of a probably a, a no-go. Um, but what, what else have you seen a lot of marketers getting wrong about lead nurturing? Yeah. Um, so, okay. So blanket emails, like I'm just going to blast this to my entire list and you're going to get a lot of people who don't care. Right. So the focus your emails around the jobs to be done, right? If you know someone is trying to, I'm just going to build a new website, right? I'm going to send them content around that. I'm not going to send them something about budgeting for, hiring a new marketer right because it, like unless it's i can say hey this is why you need to hire a new marketer so that you can actually build your website um uh, like that's different now i'm focusing it back to their job to be done right and so um not focusing on that and just blanket like mass messaging people like you're not going to get your open rates are going to fall you're going to have a lot of people unsubscribing because they don't care um just focus it and uh it's super easy um we talked this one, the like sending the who the sender is, right? If you're sending from just marketing at X company, it's just going to be less valuable, right? Send it. Imagine you're opening an email from your mom who would be the mo- person most likely um, in your company for them to open. Anyway, and like I wouldn't try doing something cute like saying your mom and then like, <laughs> right. get an email. But, um, yeah. Um, other not providing value, right? Having emails that are just like me, 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 right? Hey, yeah. look, look at everything we're doing. It's super awesome. Like sometimes people will subscribe to company updates 
because they're interested in just what your company's doing. Maybe they want to invest in you. Maybe uh, maybe you're already public, and so they're just trying to keep up with with stuff so they know where the stocks are going to go. Um, most people don't care about your company. They care about themselves. And so talking about yourself is not going to get anywhere. But if you can talk about something you have done in your company that can help them, right? Hey, we just did something big. We took, we added all of these features because we realized we want to provide this level of value. Here are the benefits for you right now. Right. It's, it's a, yeah, you're talking about how you're growing the company and doing all these cool things, but you're showing how it's good for me. Um, so that's great. Um, having an ask, like a big ask in every email can be, you should have something for them, right? But that, it doesn't have to be an ask. It can be, here's a blog post you can read that's related and right. might be valuable. Right now I can, so they click on that blog post. I know, hey, they engage with the content or this email. I get the metrics to know that I'm providing them stuff they're interested in, but they don't have to sign up for something else or give me money to read that blog post. And um, we're just providing value. So you can kind of view it like, uh, man, I can't remember who said this one. So if it's someone famous, I doubt they're listening to me right now. But like, if they are, I apologize. <laughs> you Let's never know. Um, yeah, we'll grab coffee and we can just get anyways. Um, it's like a goodwill bank where you can continuously put goodwill in by just giving value, providing all of these things for people and just helping them. Um, and the more goodwill you put in, right, the easier it is to to get what you need later. So like it doesn't you can basically uh, it's called delaying the ask, right? The longer I can just keep providing value before I ask you for something, the bigger that's something I can ask for. Um, the long oh, I like this this a uh, Hermosi quote, um, and I'm gonna butcher it now. But the the longer the runway, <laughs> the bigger the plane that can take off, right? And so, if you can just keep delaying that ask, just keep providing value, right? I think even Gary Vaynerchuk, right. jab jab jab, right hook, right? You want to provide value up front and then ask later. Uh, but the longer you can go providing value, the bigger ask you can get. And so with nurturing. Right. If I can just keep providing value with every nurturing email I send, eventually I can say, hey, just come talk to our sales team. Right. Super small ask. You don't even have to sign up for it. Just come talk to them. See how they can help you right now. Right. I just potentially drove them into that because they felt they got so much value from this. Um, even better is that if you can provide so much value, so like immense amounts of value and you don't ask for anything, eventually people are just going to offer you stuff. Because right. they, they see, they're like, he gave me this much value. I'm just going to go with it, right? And they're just going to like be all in. Um, and with that, keep in mind that nurturing is a long play. A lot of, like you can't, don't expect to start email nurturing and be like, I'm going to get results this month. It's like, no, you're nurturing so that you're, want, like the best thing about nurturing is you have all these people in your list. They have signed up. They have said, I want to do something with this brand. I'm interested in X, Y, and Z. And they just want to be part of that email list. and Hopefully because you didn't just throw them on an email list, but because they actually want to be there. Uh, right. Actually raised their hand and said, please email me. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's a, it's a long play. And so you're just trying to take all of these people who have said, yes, I want to take a chance at like learning more about you and all of this stuff and saying in the future, you've already given me this little bit to like that. I can start helping you. And so in the future, 
I can turn all of you into potential customers. Um, like that's huge, but you have to like, you have to be ready for the long play. Um, they're already in your contact database. You don't have to go find new people to talk to. You can talk to all of these people, but you got to talk to them as if you're building a relationship because you actually have to want to build that relationship, build trust, and then inspire action, not demand it. Um, yeah, I think that's that like one of good. the most important pieces. Yeah, where it's, you know, you, I think the best tip for creating that uh, value, providing the value, making sure that you're hitting that balance between, you know, asking, you know, promoting a call to action and providing value is to just be genuine. Think about if you were reading this email as the customer, what would actually be valuable to you? Um, so, yeah, that's great that. And then, you know, the, the patience aspect, um, you know, it's not going to, you're going to build Rome in a day here. Um, but with that patience and that uh, genuine energy, I think that, uh, our listeners can definitely be building uh, great n- lead nurturing campaigns for their businesses. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks so much for this discussion, Chris. I, I hope that our listeners can take these tips and tricks um, and use them to nurture their own leads and you know promote them and get more sales. Um, yeah. So thanks so much to everyone for listening. Okay. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And until next time, this has been Growth Team Radio. Want to grow your business? Trying to find the right path to do it? Well, we've got the answers. Go to stopscaling.com. Yes, you heard right. Go to stopscaling.com where we'll show you the exact way to grow your business this year.